0: Listening to SBS on the money with Ricardo Gonçalves. Coming up, the Qantas CEO resigns earlier than expected. The Reserve Bank leaves interest rates on hold on Philip Lowe's last meeting and we'll have all the market reaction. That's next. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 5th of September 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll speak with Matt Sherwood from Perpetual for all the day's market action. But we will start with... Qantas, its CEO, Alan Joyce, has brought forward his resignation by two months, with today being his last day, while it follows a record profit for the airline. uh, There has been a bit of a hit to its reputation amid customer complaints and now an ACCC action. For more, I spoke with Tony Sycamore, an analyst at IG Markets. So, Tony, do you think it was ultimately shareholder reaction that made Alan Joyce resign because some customers have been unhappy for some time?
1: Yeah, that's right, Ricardo. The share price of Qantas fell 2.9% yesterday to its lowest level since October 2022. And the sell-off follows a series of questionable decision-making processes at the very top of Qantas that this week led to the consumer watchdog, the ACC, getting out there and starting to investigate that the company had sold tickets on cancelled flights. So the sharp six percent fall we've seen over the past week and yesterday's culmination to that move really was the final straw that signaled that the market had lost confidence in the board and in the leadership of Alan Joyce and really was the end of his tenure there at Qantas.
0: What do you think it will take now for investors to regain confidence then?
1: Yeah, I think really the company needs to get out there and start to alter the perception that it is benefiting from its relationships in Canberra, and I think to do that, it starts to need to look to offer more reasonable prices on its routes to domestic travel and also overseas. They are too high. I think everybody knows that. And when we think about the fact that it was offered protection during COVID, that protection has continued long past what the consumers, what passengers have continued to see post the reopening. And I think that needs to change. Additionally, I really think that the Qantas board needs to get out there and get away from this image that it is protected, that it can compete On a level playing field with some of those international aviation giants, which want to come in here and service our market. The other point, of course, is that higher air tickets are feeding through into inflation. So it's also a very circular problem in terms of the conversation which we've had today around the RBA. Higher inflation has been one of the reasons why the RBA have been pushed to raise interest rates by that 400 basis points over the past 18 months.
0: Uh, This wouldn't really be the way Alan Joyce wanted to leave Qantas after 15 years, would it?
1: No, it's not. But I think really it's a situation where you've got to read the room and he clearly had lost the room. He was continuing to foster those relationships, trying to get special treatment for Qantas, which go way beyond what other industries, what other taxpayers, what other consumers have been offered. And I think at the end of the the day, that had to stop. And the only way that That could be uh, short-circuited, if you like, was by seeing Alan Joyce depart, and he did so today, as we know.
0: What are the other challenges facing the new CEO as she comes into the role in growing the business?
1: Yeah, it's going to be, once again, getting back to basics, getting Qantas to compete As it should be doing in terms of offering reasonable airfares so consumers, so passengers can see their loved ones, can visit family without paying prices which are sometimes up to 50-60% higher than what they should be. And that really will start with getting that communication out, much like we've seen sometimes uh, in other instances with regards to the banking industry. Getting out there, just restoring that confidence, showing that we can see Qantas Compete on a level playing field, and that can restore Qantas to that much-loved place that it has in that Australian mentality. It is the flying kangaroo; it is synonymous with our country and with our brand. And we want to see that restored back to where it was.
0: And final question: We spoke about Alan Joyce and his taken the fall. What about the responsibilities of the board?
1: Well, it, it, the board, the, their behaviour is potentially going to be reviewed in more detail. You know, they have signed off on a lot of the uh, the issues which brought towards Alan Joyce's undoing, i.e. the remuneration packages, uh, some of the policies which have been implemented in market. And there will be questions asked now whether they were appropriate. And I think that potentially we'll see a little bit more uh, smoke coming from this area over the next couple of weeks. But my sense is that with with a strong pair of hands that the board can remain in place and guide Qantas back to where it deserves to be.
0: That's Tony Sycamore there from IG Markets. It should be noticed that, noted that Quanta shares fell today uh, by zero point what was that zero one cent. So it fell one cent today to five dollars sixty-four. Um, Alan Joyce he presided over a one hundred and forty-one percent increase in the share price uh, from November 2008. So a return there for investors, though. Uh, let's go from Qantas to the Reserve Bank, which held official interest rates today at 4.1% for the third consecutive meeting. That meeting, though, was chaired by the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, for the very last time. For more, I spoke with Paul Bloxham. He is the Chief Economist at HSBC. Paul, the RBA left interest rates on hold for a third consecutive month. Why?
2: Well, the economy is moving in the right direction, at least for the RBA. Uh, they've been trying to get inflation to come down and they're getting some success. Uh, they've lifted interest rates already 400 basis points. The economy is slowing down. The labour market is gradually loosening. And we got more evidence during the month that inflation is heading towards their target band. So they don't didn't feel the need to have to do more at this stage. That doesn't mean they won't have to do more. It's just for the moment they felt like they could sit still.
0: Yes, inflation's coming down. It did warn though that inflation was, quote, still too high. And as you mentioned, that tightening of monetary policy may be required. What do you think would trigger that?
2: Well, the main thing they're going to be watching is signs that inflation comes down too slowly. It is coming down, but it's still above their target. Uh, And one thing they pointed out in the statement today was that you've still got services inflation running quite briskly, And of course, we've still got a labour market that's still quite tight. So that combination could still yet mean that inflation comes down too slowly for the RBA's comfort level. And that's what might trigger them to have to lift interest rates a little bit further yet.
0: Yeah, the RBA also added in that same line about services inflation that rents are still quite high too. Ultimately, do you believe, though, that we are at the peak in terms of interest rates and why?
2: So our thoughts are that actually the RBA may still have to do a little bit more tightening yet. Uh, For the moment, they're obviously comfortable that the economy is moving in the right direction, but they have got a forecast that inflation doesn't come back to their target band until the second half of 2025. Anything that adjusted that forecast up would see them start to have to, them have to lift interest rates a bit further yet. So so no, we, we think actually people should consider that there may very well be one more hike yet to come.
0: This is the RBA Governor Philip Lowe's final meeting. How would you rate his tenure and the way he's led the bank to meet its goals? Because one of the bank's goals, as agreed to with the government, is to keep inflation at between 2 to 3% on average over time, which he kind of has, hasn't he?
2: Well, this is it. It's been an extraordinarily challenging time for this governor. We've had a global pandemic, of all things. He started off his tenure with inflation well below target for a persistent period of time, and, and that was the primary challenge, that was infl- inflation was too low. And then the pandemic came along, and one of the results of that has been that inflation has taken off, of course, and we've had very high inflation for the past couple of years. But if you look at where how he's travelled over his whole tenure, on average, Inflation has been in the target band, below it and then above it, but on average, he's managed to get it, on uh, meet, meet that medium-term objective.
0: Paul Bloxham there from HSBC. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market was little moved today. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.06%, 7,314. I spoke with Matt Sherwood from Perpetual for more. Matt, the Reserve Bank left interest rates on hold for a third consecutive meeting. It's the RBA Governor Philip Lowe's last meeting. What was the message from the RBA?
3: Well, I think the key message was that interest rates are not coming down anytime soon. So they acknowledge that inflation has peaked and it's kind of moving in the right direction. But... It's going to be several years under their assumptions before rates, uh, sorry, inflation rate is back in the two to three percent target. So, you know, I think it's very clear from them that rates aren't going down anytime soon, and they do leave the option open for you know for rates to go up. But I think. A lot would have to go wrong on in the inflation front to, um, you know, for that to occur. So I, I think the RBA is pretty much done, uh, but it's going to be higher for longer. And there's going to be, uh, you know, most central banks are going to be in uh, that position uh, once they hit their terminal rates.
0: There's a lot of talk um, about the next move in rates being down. But as you mentioned, that, that's some time off. We're in a period of high interest rates for longer. What's the implication for investors as a result of that?
3: Well, uh, it's a very challenging one because the, I don't have any doubt that the higher rates and the tightening and lending standards we're seeing from financial institutions are going to slow the economy down. Uh, the challenge is going to be to what extent can uh, equity markets hold their current levels? Because the biggest risk in markets at the moment in the equity market is the lack of risk being priced in. I mean, I have no doubt – earnings growth is going to slow, Um, you know, there's going to be more bad debts in financials. Um, But really, the challenge from the investment point of view is if equity markets go off, how do I diversify that risk? Normally, you do that by holding bonds. Um, Bond yields, of course, have been backing up more recently. So, investors are, are kind of being pulled away from the last 40 years where they knew they bought bonds when equities did badly. So last year, bond markets had horrendous losses and so did the equity market. So that diversification strategy didn't work. Now, we tend to think that if... Central banks are close to their terminal rates, and that's a better environment for bonds because growth's coming down, inflation's coming down. The question, of course, is how much can bond yields decline to cushion equity market losses? So we suspect they're going to need other sources of diversification um, uh, in their portfolios. So, you know, that's going to be the conundrum really in this, you know, very unique cycle
0: we talk about the US? How is its economy looking? Because only a few weeks ago, we saw a downgrade to its credit rating and a cooling labour market.
3: Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, uh, the downgrade to the credit uh, worthiness of US debt is more to do the medium and long term projections, whereas the question you're asking is about the near term. So, I have no doubt um, there's cooling now going on in the labour market. Inflation is grinding lower. But, much like Australia, the inflation decline has pretty much been driven by lower energy prices, which are close to exhaustion, um, and also lower goods prices. The big problem for central banks at the moment is the fact that unemployment remains low and services inflation, which is mainly driven by labour costs, um, are still very, very elevated. The RBA noted brisk increases in wages in services industry. So, you know, central banks are not wanting to push too much more on the rate dynamics. They're saying we're going to keep higher rates for longer uh, to try to get um, this services inflation down. Now, the signs of cooling in the labour market in America, I think, are really, really promising. Um, You know, at the end of last year, services sector job gains were at about 200,000. Now they're at 40. So the part of the uh, inflation... print, which is the most resilient to rates, is now showing signs of cracking. Um, it's not falling off a cliff, but it is cooling. Uh, so that, to me, is a positive development. But US growth and US inflation are going to slow from here. Um, so that's going to be a hit to profits at the same time um, as it's a, um, a better backdrop potentially for duration.
0: And you've already spoken about that potential move to bonds, right? But what do you see as the biggest risk for the Australian, US and global share markets?
3: Yeah, I think the one clear risk is just generally the lack of risk being priced in. Uh, there's risk from a valuation perspective, so valuations for share markets are pretty elevated, at least um, when compared with history. At the same time, particularly globally, there's a lot of positive earnings growth priced in, even though I think higher rates and tightening credit standards are going to drive earnings growth uh, lower Uh, markets are expecting earnings growth for the next 18 months of 20% which to me um, is going to be very difficult given the backdrop of the slowing macro environment. And it's twice the historic average. So my suspicion is that those sorts of earnings expectations are just too egregious. So we have valuation risk, we have earnings risk, and there is, of course, always pol- potential policy risk if central banks have to go more on rates. Now, I think that risk is you know, fairly anemic at the moment, uh, but valuation and earnings risk are not minor risk for equity, so you know, a lot of people I'm speaking with are now taking profits on what's been a pretty good cycle uh, and they're wanting to kind of protect those returns. Um, and they're doing that not only through potentially more duration exposure, uh, but also the explicit use of bought put options on safe haven currencies, on equity markets. If you have that, um, then it's a good way of managing the risks in a more um, volatile environment and more importantly, hanging on to those gains that they've enjoyed um, uh, since 2020. Matt Sherwood there
0: from Perpetual. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.